Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Wonderful, Jesus. Well, I'm not going to speak long because I, I believe the Holy Spirit really wants to uh, minister to you tonight. But I just want to share um, a scripture I've been reading. Who knows what book I'm reading at the moment? Uh, the book of Luke. I think you must belong to our church. <laughs> I'm enjoying the book of Luke. I am. Hallelujah. Oh, and you know, I had a paper version of the Passion Translation, and I just, on our holiday, I felt to give it to um, one of the elders in Fiji, and I gave him my Passion Bible, and I was like, oh, I really like that Bible, but yeah, there it is. I hope you really enjoy it. <laughs> I hope you really enjoy it. <laughs> and I, so I've been without it, and I've got it on Kindle, which I like, but um, it's a bit of a hassle to go in and out and look it up at all the different ones. And then yesterday, someone just turned up at my door. It was so funny. It was, I think, a second day Tom was away. I felt like it was my birthday. People were just being so lovely. They had no idea he was away. But here's someone turns up on the doorstep saying, I just, don't, I don't know if you've got one of these, but the Lord just told me to buy you one of these <laughs> and bought me a paper version of the Passion Translation, which I've been so enjoying at home. Um, but Luke chapter 10, is, it's, I just say that to say that God is kind. He's just kind. He doesn't forget anything, does he? He knows everything. Uh, but Luke chapter 10, just reading this uh, today, and I enjoyed this. It says here, when the 70, verse 17, when the 70 missionaries returned to Jesus, they were ecstatic with joy, telling him, Lord, even the demons obeyed us when we commanded them in your name. Jesus replied, while you were ministering, I watched Satan topple until he fell suddenly from heaven like lightning to the ground. Now you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this, in this authority. However, your real source of joy isn't merely that these spirits submit to your authority, but that your names are written in the journals of heaven and that you belong to, the kingdom of, uh, to God's kingdom. This is the true source of your authority. Then Jesus, overflowing with the Holy Spirit's anointing of joy, exclaimed, Father, thank you for you are Lord supreme over heaven and earth. You've given the great revelation of this authority from those who are proud. You've hidden the great revelation of this authority from those who are proud, those wise in their own eyes, and you've shared it with these who humbled themselves. Yes, Father, this is what pleases your heart and the very way you've chosen to extend your kingdom, to give to those who become like trusting children. Father, you've entrusted me with all that you are and all that you have. No one fully knows the Son except the Father, and no one fully knows the Father except the Son. But the Son's able to introduce and reveal the Father to anyone he chooses. When Jesus was alone with the 12, he said to them, you are very privileged to see and hear all these things. Many kings and prophets of old longed to see these days of miracles that you've been favored to see. They would have given everything to hear the revelation you've been favored to hear, yet they didn't get to see as much as a glimpse or even hear a whisper. Now, I was so blessed by this because it just reveals another aspect of who Jesus is. He's such a happy, happy, happy God. And, you know, they come back, the 70, he sent out 70 people with his authority, go and heal the sick and tell them that the kingdom of God's come upon them. 
and uh, they they went out and they came back with stories, testimonies of the miracle working power of God that people got delivered and healed. And Jesus was overcome with joy. He was ecstatic with joy. He was so happy. And, and then he used it to be able to say, and even better, your names are written in the Lamb's book of life and this is where your true authority comes from. In other words, he was saying, this hasn't happened because you've applied some formula of using my name. It, this hasn't happened just because you've said in the name of Jesus and it, it happens. This has come because you have true authority, because your names are now written in heaven. You have become part of the kingdom and you are releasing that kingdom with a true authority because you belong. And then overflowing with joy, he begins to go, Father, thank you. It's so wonderful that they see the authority that you've given them, that you've you've joined them. And he just goes into this ecstatic, joyful prayer of, God, you're awesome. You see, that's what testimonies do. It causes us just to give God glory, to give the Father glory and to worship him. But I really just was struck by by that verse, that, um, that your names are written in the journals of heaven and that you belong to God's kingdom. This is the true source of your authority. <sighs> this is where our authority comes from. Now, a lot of people like to ask me now, what's the key to miracles? How do we see miracles? And there's, I love to talk about mir- the miraculous. We've been talking about it with the school and we had a Q&A at the camp, which I really enjoyed. And I, I love to talk about it. I've written books about it. Hallelujah. But you know, it all stems from knowing who he is and understanding that now you have been joined to him. Hallelujah. It's because our names are written in heaven. It's because we have been accepted, because we have accepted him and and we have been joined to him, because he has qualified us to be joined to him, that we have become one body with him. Pretty close to be one body with him. We are the body of Christ. He's the head. It doesn't get closer than that. You think you're close to your friend or to your spouse. We actually physically joined, spiritually joined to him as the body of Christ. And and because we have been accepted, because we belong, we have true authority. Hallelujah. Because we've been accepted, because we belong. And uh, this, this thought of authority is something that really blesses me when we realize he's just delighted to give this to anybody that will believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that will receive him as the Savior, receive him as the Lord. He gives them all his authority. He, he says, Every, all the promises, all the authority that I have, it's now yours, and I've put Satan under your feet, and together you can trample on serpents and scorpions. You can do anything that I do. In fact, double portion. Greater works than these shall they do. We've been talking a lot about, uh, hearing a lot about mantles, and I mean, amazing men and women of God that have gone before that we, we honor and we celebrate. But you know, I think about the picture of Elijah and Elisha. When Elisha saw I mean, 
uh, Elijah go, he'd asked for a double portion of Elijah's mantle. And as he saw him go up to heaven, that mantle was released and he received a double portion. And then he picked it up and went, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Struck the waters and the waters parted. And, you know, so people ever since have been always talking about the double portion. I want the double portion anointing. But you know who else went up to heaven, got taken up to heaven? Jesus. And you know what he says? We have, we have been given the privilege of receiving a double portion of the mantle of Jesus. He says, greater works than these shall they do. And now he's just waiting for the little ones who pick it up and go, let's see what this thing can do. Where is the Lord God of Jesus, the Messiah, the Father? I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. When we are using the name of Jesus, it's not some magic formula. It's I've been accepted and I've been given all his authority and we can have full expectation that his power will be manifested through us. Hallelujah. But he's looking for us to begin to step into this authority. And I was thinking about it, you know, as a teacher, you could go walk doing playground duty. I think I did it. I only taught for about two years. I taught at Newmarket High. But if there was a kerfuffle going on in the playground, you know, some year eights getting up to something, and you, you only, it only took a teacher to come close, and everything would just stop. Hi, miss because they recognized authority. You didn't even really have to do anything. It's just like, oh, hi, miss. They just recognized you, your authority because they understood you had power to do something. In the same way, if criminals are doing something and they hear sirens, their response is generally to run away because they recognize authority. The police aren't saying anything just the fact that they are aware that they're about to come is enough because I recognize, they recognize they've got authority. In the same way, we don't have to employ formulas and ways of doing things. We just have to know who God is, know who we are, and understand the authority we carry because you can begin, when you carry authority and you know it, the enemy is terrified. Hallelujah. And God is looking for a people who will understand that have an expectation to, by faith, start releasing the mantle that Jesus has put upon us. Hallelujah. Who will begin to understand the authority that we've been given on the earth because we've been seated with him in heavenly places. Hallelujah. We're currently there, but we're also co concurrently here, walking the earth. And we have the power to release on earth as it is in heaven because that's where we are. That's where we, we belong. We are seated there and we're walking here. Hallelujah. And because of that acceptance, because of that belonging, we have power now, hallelujah, to release uh, the glory of God, to release the miracle working power of God, to release the healing touch of the Father. Hallelujah. And when I read the scriptures, I love to read the gospels. I look at it and I see 
um, things like when Jesus saw the widow uh, of Nain and her son had died, her only son had died. The Bible says that he was moved with compassion. And yet if you look at it in the, in the Greek and the Aramaic, it actually speaks of being so deeply moved. It's like it talks of his bowels, like deeply moved with compassion for this woman. And this is who God is. When we go to minister to people, when we go to pray for people, we are not performing a miracle. We're not called to, to just... Um, treat people as a problem to fix, but as a person to be loved. And love is not sympathetic. True love gives. And we can say, such as I have, give I thee, because we are motivated by the love of Christ, and true love is backed up with what we have. What we have is the kingdom of heaven, hallelujah, at our disposal to release. And this is what Jesus was celebrating. He was like, this is so good. They're getting it. They're going to see my kingdom released on earth because they understand that they are connected, that they belong. Hallelujah. And God is looking for every one of us to begin to step into this same level of authority where we don't feel like we have to earn it, but like little children, we humble ourselves and receive what we can have no part in earning. You know, I believe the enemy has been working so hard to try to intimidate people in the area of their identity and their authority. Because if he can make you feel like you are not good enough, like you are... Your authority, your identity is based on how well you performed this week, then you won't measure up. Because, but God is not looking at our performance, He's looking at the performance of Jesus. Hallelujah. And He's waiting for us to recognize and identify with Jesus so fully that our identity is based not on how we feel we've done, but on who we know and who he is and on the fact that, thank you, God, I reckon myself dead indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ. Today, it's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Hallelujah. Thank God I've been set free from me so that we can begin to move in true power. True power doesn't come from people who have um, earned it, because if you could release power in the measure that you'd earned it, you could also take glory for it. But if like little children, you come before him and you say, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you have accepted me, that you have forgiven me. Thank you, Father, that as I bring my sin to you, I can receive your mercy in exchange. Hallelujah. That even if my heart condemns me, you're greater than my heart. The very next verse in 1 John 3 after that says, if my heart does not condemn me, I have confidence toward God and whatever I ask, I receive. And then he goes on to say, talk about loving God and loving people. And this is how it all works. When we go to him and let him love us, he comes and he surprises us with his kindness. For years, I would go to God and fully be expecting right now, God, I'm here, I'm open, 
you can tell me anything, but my expectation was that he was going to tell me what I needed to change, what I needed to fix. That was always my mentality. I'm here, God. I'm here. I surrender all. God, I'm here. You can take it. You can have it. Whatever it is, talk to me. I can take it. I need it. I need it. I need it. I need it. Don't go soft on me. I need it, God. Come on. Go deep. Cut me deep, because God, I need it, I need it. <laughs> this is how I thought. I thought that would make him happy. I thought that sort of approach would make him happy. But can you imagine if you had a teenager that every time you had an interaction with them, they were there coming, Mum, come on, talk to me. Tell me what's wrong with me. Tell me what I need to change, what I need to fix. And that was every time you talked to them you'd be sending them to a child psychologist. It wouldn't make you happy. But we think that's what makes our father happy. If we come to him every time, go, come on, tell me, tell me now, tell me seriously. Tell me really, no, come on, talk to me really. What do you really want to fix? What do you really want to change? Because we've got, we do that because we've got a mentality that God is always looking at us and, and seeing um, someone that is not measuring up. You see, when you are a born-again believer, you know if you do something wrong. Your spirit goes off like a, an alarm. Oh, it's not right, it's not good, wrong, wrong, wrong. And then you do, if, you, if you say something wrong, do something wrong. For, for, until you give it up and you talk to God about it, it's ringing in your spirit. Oh, wrong, wrong, that was wrong, wrong. Anyone know what I'm talking about? It's a good thing. It's called a conscience. And if your conscience is going off, it's not meant to be ignored. It's meant to go, oh, it's like you've got a bug on you that just needs to be flicked off. If your skin wasn't reacting, if a bug was crawling on you, there'd be something wrong. But in the same way, when we do something wrong, rather than let it harass us for days, we just go, oh, that was wrong. So sorry, God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, oh, God, I'm so sorry. Thank you, God. If you've wronged someone, then you go and you tell them if you need to. Go and make it right. But then you don't walk around for days and go, oh, I'm so terrible. I can't believe I did that. I'm so terrible. Why would I do that? What's wrong with me? What's, why, what is in me that made me do that? And the moment you go there, you go down a rabbit hole and then you get on the floor and talk to God. Come on, God, sort me out. What's wrong with me? Go deep, cut me deep, fix me up. And God's there going, what are we talking about? I've forgotten because it's no longer at all relevant. You are forgiven, but God, my heart's, my heart's still like, I'm feeling bad about this. I mean, and you know, there might be some rot in me. Come on, get the rot out. He goes, no, I don't see any rot. I see beauty, you're beautiful. You're beautiful, I love you. Come on, God, I can take it. I'm, I'm really, I'm desperate. I'm desperate for you, God. He goes, yeah, you're lovely. I love you. Well, God, I don't want just the milk of the word. I want the meat. Come on. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else talked, has talked to God like this in the past. And he's there, I just love you. You're forgiven. Yeah, 
I know, I'm forgiven. Thank you, God. But you know, come on. Is there, and what about, would you, how many, when will you believe me that I have forgiven you? And then I'll talk to him again about the thing that I've confessed and repented of three days ago. And, and it's simply a lack of faith. But you see, the enemy completely tries to get you to go there and to live there so that you spend all of your time in unbelief. And during that time, while you're wrestling with your unbelief in God's faithfulness to forgive, you also are sapped of your confidence because your heart's condemning you. And that's the enemy's plan. He wants you to live in the place where you're continually overwhelmed with condemnation because when you believe you are forgiven, you remember, you wake up and realize, I carry authority. And those harassing voices, when the enemy comes in and goes, let's talk about that again, let's think about that again, let's, oh, you're a terrible person, you can recognize, Excuse me, get out of my room. You've got no right to be here. Thank you, Father. Let's think on something that's pure and lovely and have a good report. The weapon that the enemy uses against us is deception. And his plan is to deceive you into thinking that there's something wrong with you that somehow you need to figure out how to fix. Because if, you get, if he gets you to buy into that, you, you go back into living like mere humans who are helpless. God's looking for you to wake up and realize, hey, you're no longer a mere human. You've been bought with a price. You're a brand new creation. You are now a citizen of heaven. Let's remember what we look like so that we stop behaving like people living below the standard that God's called us into. Can you imagine if, if you had authority, you had, um, you, you say for example, you had authority as uh, a policeman, but you didn't realize that you were able to use your authority to tell people to stop doing something. And, and you were like, oh, someone needs to tell them. Someone needs to tell them. It would be a strange thing and that, that society would suffer because of it. In the same way, we are called to be salt and light. And you battling with condemnation and not understanding your authority is not just affecting you, it's affecting the society around you. God's looking for us to wake up and believe, hallelujah, in the simplicity of the gospel, in the freedom that we have received in Christ so that we can stand firm and begin to operate in the authority that's gonna manifest his glory so that his glory will cover the earth as the water covers the sea, so that Jesus will be lifted up and that all men will see him, that, he, that people would come to know him and, and experience him, hallelujah. I believe that there's an awakening to authority going on right now. And that the back of the lie of condemnation is being broken. Because the snare is broken and we are escaped. And you know, that the whole lie that you are what your emotions tell you are, tell you you are is, is finished because the scripture tells us really clearly but no matter how you feel, no matter what, whether you're tired, whether you're cranky, whether you feel bad because you're tired and cranky and you now feel like, oh, I'm not really in a good place, 
you can say, thank God I am not defined by how I feel. Thank God that even if my heart condemns me, the truth, God, is greater than my heart. So hey, it doesn't matter what might be going on. It doesn't matter whether I got enough sleep. It doesn't matter whether I'm feeling good or feeling bad. It doesn't matter. The truth is, what do I believe? I believe that Jesus Christ has taken my sin. He's taken my shame. He's taken my guilt. He's given me a new heart. He's made me pure and clean on the inside. He has given me his authority. This is what I believe. So I call myself to wake up, stand up, and start to operate in the authority of Jesus. You see, otherwise we're gonna have a body that is sometimes good and sometimes not so good. Sometimes firing, sometimes not doing so well. But Jesus, you know, when he, he cursed the fig tree, it's like, I love figs. Why would you do that, Jesus? It's fig season right now. Did you know? They taste good too. I buy like three little figs and they get all the children grab them before I get there. Hallelujah. But I love my children. But it wasn't about figs. It was about the fact that Jesus was making out an illustrated message that, hey, this lie that you can only be fruitful in the right season when the conditions are just perfect, when you're behaving well and you're in that really height of, of spiritual, uh, a spiritual zenith, then you can produce good fruit. He was like, I curse that lie. That is a lie. I'm cursing that lie. I want the world to know that whether you feel dry, whether you feel like you're in a good season or in a dry season, when you feel like you're holy and spiritual or you feel like you're, you're just uh, the worst person, your feelings are not the boss. The truth of God is the boss and that you can produce fruit in season and out of season. Hallelujah. You can walk in authority whether you feel powerful or not. You see, when you get that, then you start to become the light of the world in season and out of season. It means that every day at work, whether you've just been in a worship set or not, you can walk out with an authority that when you walk into a situation, you have an anticipation that things are going to shift. Things are going to change. Hallelujah. They'll see it in your eyes. So Father, we say thank you for your mercy. We say thank you for your word. And we say thank you for your authority. Oh God, you are good. And it's your good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are the one that has broken every chain. You are the one that has come to set us free. And God, we give you worship, we give you praise, and we give you thanks. It's because of your great love, Lord that you delight to see your kingdom manifested on earth, that you delight to set the captives free, that you delight to heal the sick and raise the dead and cleanse the lepers and make the blind see and the deaf hear. God, it's because of you that you destroy disease. It's because of you that you bring peace and, and healing and wholeness. It's because of your great love. And we say thank you, Papa. We say thank you. We're just going to pray for a few people. Hallelujah. And uh, before we open the altar, I'm going to ask Meg if you'd like to come. You want to help me? He's a good, good father. 
a wonderful, wonderful Father. I'll get the musicians to come if they can. Thank you, Lord. Abba, shokate, Abba. Wonderful, 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 wonderful Jesus. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.